0: Welcome to Daycar Pod. I'm Jenna and we're back to talk about the ultimatum queer love because another handful of episodes dropped this week and basically changed my entire existence. Like I'm not sure how I can function anymore and it's really quite rude considering it's the first day of pride and I had plans you know to go out and be a human but now I'm just like Sitting here, just staring after in the distance, thinking about all of these gays and all of this drama. It's truly one of the best reality shows I have ever seen. And to talk about episodes five through eight this week, I am really excited to bring back a friend of the podcast. They've been on before a handful of times and one of the lovelies of Roses for Everybody. Please welcome back,
1: Olivia. Hi! I have never been more excited for anything, maybe. I just could not be happier.
0: How many times have we talked about having a show like this? You and I, you were on just last year for Paradise, I believe. We were talking about polyamory and queer bachelor stuff. We talk about it all the time in our group chats and on this podcast. And then now you and I are
1: getting to sit here and talk about the show. Like, I have chills. I know. I mean, I think for us, this has always just been a no-brainer. Like, queer people would make such excellent television. So, to see it actually playing out with a show with such a giant platform is just blowing my mind. It's truly, it's truly
0: amazing. So yeah, like, how are you loving it? Like, are you just like, you, your overall thoughts? Like, it's it's just amazing to have this representation, but it's also just like,
1: really entertaining, right? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And I will say, I had to give myself a little pep talk before I started the season. And my partner walked in on me, like talking to myself in the kitchen. And I was saying... <laughs> Okay, they are going to offend us, but it's gonna be okay. And, uh, I'll be honest, they, they have offended us, but we are still loving it and having a great time. Um, and yeah. my overall impression is just, first of all, like everyone's seeing our business right now. And, um, wow, they, they're really getting some insight that they never would have otherwise into queer relationships. <laughs> And uh, just how fast they can move. So there's that. And uh, that makes me a little nervous. But also, you know, you're welcome, everyone. And I can't believe you've kept us off of TV for this long. Like, how fucking stupid do you feel now? Just saying.
0: Yeah, do do you feel fucking foolish? Do you feel fucking foolish? Yeah. Truly, that whole, like, how many times have we heard, well, like... Wouldn't just,
1: like, the people fall in love with each other if it was, like, an all-queer bachelor? Yeah. Yeah! Yes! And that's the whole point. Oh, my god, Dumbasses. I mean, Dumb some asses. of the things that we saw during these four episodes, I had chills all over my body. I was, like, I just, I, I couldn't, the passion, um, the passion after, you know, like, eight days, just, oh, unmatched. I couldn't believe it. We've just been blessed, honestly.
0: Truly been blessed, truly.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's so funny because
0: you, it's... it's not a problem. It's just, it's not a problem. I mean, it is a problem. I mean, it is a problem. It is messy. But it's also, like, it's just very entertaining. And so, anyway, you're welcome. That is so funny to me. I love that you said that. Like, everyone's getting a peek into, like, our real fucking business because somebody was like, oh, this is the gay agenda. And it's like, it is. And no one should see what our, like, our, like, meeting notes are. And this is our meeting notes just being, like, exposed to everybody.
1: But I think, honestly, like, everyone is into it, like, I was – right before we started recording, I was listening to today's episode of Hysteria, which is, like, a huge podcast on Crooked Media, and the hosts are all straight. And they had Hallie Kiefer on, who is queer, um, from another part of Crooked Media, and they spent, like, 20 minutes talking – they weren't even done. I had to turn it off to do this – but they talked about the show for, like, 20 minutes. They turned into, like, a recap podcast. And I've never heard them ever spend that much time on any show. They were all just into it, freaking out about it.
0: Oh, I love that so much. Exactly. Oh, okay, great. Well, and also, back to your point earlier, is a good. it was great to have a little pep talk with ourselves. Like, we do know that they're going to, like, kind of – it's going to be offensive at times. And it's going to be a little weird. But I will say, like, overall – For as big of a show as it is, seemingly not as many flubs as I, like, expected.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna just, I I just want to say up front, because to me it's, like, so glaring, and I think we should just kind of, like, call it out right now, is the biggest thing is the pronouns. Like, Mm -hmm. it's extremely evident, and it's come to light after, but even just watching, it's really evident that you have a lot of very likely Non-binary and trans people on this season, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're not they couldn't just take the time to put everyone's names and pronouns up in the lower thirds and also mm-hmm. do the work on set and amongst the cast to make sure that uh, pronouns were being shared and understood like I don't really understand how that step was skipped, and it's come out since that you know several people on the in the cast are non-binary and Mm -hmm. Their pronouns are just, it's hard to watch the pronouns be completely botched continuously. And I feel like that was, that would have been a very easy solve.
0: Yeah. I guess the only, like, thought process of that is that I'm finding out now, like, the show was recorded, like, a year and a half, two years ago. And so I I can imagine that maybe some of these people were using different pronouns at, at that time um obviously with like with Ozzy there was like some stuff happening and that was like really hard to watch as well with just like oh I don't feel like this is the right this is, doesn't feel the right pronouns for that Ozzy yeah so it, it is really hard but I I I guess but and so then Instagram you know or Netflix is like putting the pronouns in everything now which is like great but it's like yeah how how hard would it have been to like put the Chiron with the
1: updated ones
0: and and I mean maybe that's know that would have been hard. It's, it's not hard. Dis- As
1: a video producer, I can tell you that would have been very yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think you're totally right about pronouns changing a, a year from now. I think Aussie is definitely the hardest one to watch because Aussie even articulates during the show. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being non-binary and everyone just continues to steamroll over that. Uh, for the remainder of the show. But yeah. that's my biggest gripe. And there's obviously going to be other little things. But that's that's the biggest one.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's get into it, I guess. Like, a lot happened in these four episodes. Basically... This is the changeover. All the couples are now going back to their original couplings. They The episode that we started off this week with, which is episode five, we have kind of the wrapping ups of the trial marriages happening. Um, and basically pretty clear that like Tiff and Sam probably aren't going to like... You know, they're like, hey, shake hands, let's go. Oh, we get a great scene with uh, Tiff's, like, good friend, uh, Natasha. Natasha. we finally found out who it is. God, what a babe.
1: (laughs) Wow. Took my breath away, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) It's not just me. Like, everyone is just, uh, everyone's into Natasha. You know that people are calling for Natasha to host the show? Yeah. I'm completely behind that cause. And also, you know, just would love to, you know, just meet that person.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. We get Lexi and Mel kind of figuring out where they're at. We get uh, Mildred. Also, sorry. And then we have Ray and Vanessa. And then we have uh, Xander and Yali. And all this is all building and kind of going... ways it's gonna go but let's talk about Ozzy and Mildred real quick because they were in a trial marriage and their communication styles were just not working at all well at all uh and it, it was building and it was so hard to watch and it got to the point where they come back from that dinner party that there was a lot of fighting at and Ozzy's just like, I just want to relax and hang out with you, but Mildred's like, let's talk about what happened, and I need to, like, be able to communicate with you, and then it just doesn't – it falls apart again and again, and then Ozzy leaves, and then Ozzy really leaves. They come back and pack up all Ozzy's stuff and then goes – and then Mildred breaks down, and we finally learned about Mildred having some trauma of, like, having been abandoned as a kid by multiple people in their her life. And it's just, like, so sad on every element.
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely hard to watch, and I found myself thinking about how this would have been my worst-case scenario relationship. And I think I was like, based on attract, attraction, I probably would have ended up coupled up potentially with Aussie. Mhm. Clearly, and I I say this with compassion because as we move on, you start to see, you know, some of the trauma that is the root cause of this, but Aussie's conflict avoidance is so extreme or at least that's what the editing shows. You see, you know, maybe like four different shots in this series of episodes of them walking out the door like every time the conversation starts and obviously there's just no way to have a healthy relationship if you can't have a serious conversation. It just, yeah, it was definitely painful to watch them both just missing each other, and i I really felt for I really felt for Mildred in this. And I know that there's I can already see the split on this. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I noticed, both from Aussie and also later on from Tiff, is that everyone is tone policing Mildred like both of them made yeah. mm-hmm. specific comments about her tone mm-hmm. and you could see it just completely hit her in that way like she knows exactly what that means that mm. and it doesn't mean that Mildred is like the most expert communicator either like Mm-mm. you know she's she's not getting across but I don't think that um I yeah I think those comments about her tone are very loaded
0: agreed it was and it was both she's definitely coming from a place of defensiveness because of like a lot of what happened in her life which is like so fair I mean everyone is at one point Tiff was like we're both kind of coming at this already on the defense from our own like issues and I was like yes very astute but yeah I did not enjoy that scene that was like your tone is bad like you need to like uh it was cuz there was times where Mildred was talking like very, like
1: really just trying to communicate her feelings and like what was happening. Yeah, it was pretty honestly pretty calm her tone in that scene I thought and then mm-hmm. you get the I'm not willing to talk to you when you're like this, which is just like so manipulative. That is such a tactic that is used Against people who are trying to express their feelings. And it was... It all, yeah, it just gave me this serious ick. It was a one, one thing that I found super fascinating in that conversation. Although maybe this is later. You know what? I'm going to save that.
0: No, we're going to jump around a little bit because it is like... I'm already sitting here like, how can we talk? Because there's just so many things happening. So yeah, we get to... I mean, what should we talk about next? Do so we want to talk about like basically...
1: I mean, I kind of want to get into... One of the first things that happens in this episode is everyone comes back from the dinner parties and Xander and Yoli have a catch up and kind of, you know, they break down what happened at dinner and then they promptly move on from that. And I just I, you know, I took notes. I took extensive notes. And my first note is Xander and Yoli catch up, both drunk with a capital J. So like drunk, um, especially Xander um, But somehow Xander still has game. They do. They do. They truly do.
0: And I was like screaming my ass off. It was literally like one minute into the episode, and Yali's like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Okay, there was this big fight over the fact that uh, Vanessa and Ray. Oh, oh never mind. We probably. <laughs> You probably don't want to hear. And, like, Xander was like, I mean, I do, but I don't. And then they just, like, went back and forth. And, like, Xander was like, I obviously know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's just so funny. And then at the end, they were just like, you know, I don't even want to talk about Vanessa. Let's
1: go. Let's go hook up. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, Xander did not seem that shaken up by that news. And, of course, you've got the very silly premise of this show that they were all forcibly broken up. So that none of this is actually cheating, um, and I love watching them try to grapple with the faux reality of that in their heads. <laughs> like, well, we were technically exes, so um, you know that's just the rules. It's the rules. It's
0: just the rules. I mean, and Xander is absolutely operating under that because absolutely they and Yali are. Are completely, like, they're, like, they, no one has anything else to say right now. Like, come on. They <laughs> are basically married. And it is so stressful to watch. I mean, it's great, but I was just like, oh, God. Oh, no. This yeah. is all just gonna, I can't.
1: <laughs> yeah, Xander took that, uh, that news and was just like, great, green, you know, I got the green light. Let's go, baby. You want to go to bed? And then they do. <laughs>
0: You know, Mal and Lexi who I ended last week's episode being like they're my OTP, but I I they're not they're not meant for each other. They are clearly going to be great friends and I think they have a good like friendship and a love for each other, but it was like, yeah, I don't know. I think Lexi Lexi is the interesting one for me in a lot of ways. She really intrigues me and infuriates me. But like she just like talks in such absolutes. I mean they all kind of do, but the way she's just like I want to be with Mal, but then is like literally like so here for Ray too. I don't know. It's just so silly.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lexi is uh, kind of a conundrum for me. I am gonna be. On- I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something controversial and mm. just that I don't think. I don't even think they're gonna be friends. I mm. think that they started off on really solid ground of like you know we're gonna do this this trial marriage as everyone as especially Mal cannot stop saying um trial marriage I know that's the point of the show but every single time someone says she would make such a good wife it's like a jump scare I I know it's a marriage show but like it's so so weird to hear but essentially I think through the 21 days Mal started being a little off-put by Lexi and how, Mm -hmm. like, how strong she was coming on and how sure she seemed of it, I think, made Mal take a bunch of steps back. Mm -hmm. And I think that they really played along and played into it with Lexi, but by the end of it, they were not even really present in that anymore. Yeah,
0: when they got back with Yali, it was all all yally all the time let's Mm -hmm. let's figure this out which was sweet and a whole dynamic that we'll get into (laughs) and let's see here vanessa and ray are being really just like friendly they're talking about the big fight and vanessa's talking about how horrible it was to be like kind of attacked by all these different people because she's just like we did that consent it was just it's you know like y'all this is we're in this experiment you know and I felt like it was weird that I had to even talk about it and everyone was like going at it. And I I could tell Ray was like pissed, like, come on, just leave, just leave us alone.
1: Yeah. I think in this situation, they are just having such a hard time grappling with the actual ethics. And the ultimatum is made to do that. It is Mm -hmm. the whole premise of the show is made to get in your head and, you know, make you question, is this ethically okay? Or is it not? And I I think that Lexi is having a really hard time getting past the fact that this wasn't technically cheating. And I mm-hmm. I think that she doesn't have – I personally think she doesn't have that much of a right to be as angry about mm-hmm. the quote-unquote fingering uh, mm-hmm. as she mm-hmm. – mm-hmm. No,
0: I agree. I agree. I, that was really starting to get on me a little bit because it's like – yeah you can be frustrated by this like made up role that you guys have been forced into,
1: but like at the same time, like it is what it is like you ah uh, you can't like uh. not to get like super into minutia, but like this is such a rich text because then we get to have that conversation about like what is the definition of sex when you're talking about queer couples? Because like Vanessa almost in, I feel like Vanessa is looking at what happened between Ray and her almost in the way that a straight person would kind of, because she's just like, I just fingered you, but that's how we fuck y'all. Mm-hmm, like that's, mm-hmm. that is sex. And it's mm-hmm. very different when you're not defining it as like P and penetration like Mm -hmm. you that's what sex is and Mm -hmm. that disconnects in the seriousness Mm -hmm. it might have smelt like it might have smelt like a small moment (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it might have smelt like a small moment but it it was in fact sex because that's what queer
0: sex is. So yeah, so true. That's why I like. I think I freaked out so much last week when mm-hmm. that whole scene happened because I was just like, I can't believe they're talking about sex so loudly here, like on this television show, because that's sex. To let's you know. So, oh my god, uh, so fucking wild. I guess that's uh, before we really get. I guess even much further. Real quick, do you? So you practice. What do you say? Non-monogamy for yourself or polyamory?
1: polyamory? Okay, great. Yeah, and I, yeah, this show is so juicy in that it is a polyamory experiment, very much like The Bachelor is, but even in a different way, obviously, Mm -hmm. different format, but everyone is trying desperately to pretend that polyamory doesn't exist besides Mm -hmm. Vanessa, and well, Vanessa is like, she's got some stuff going on, and she makes some bad choices, and she's not Um, she is the only one willing to admit that polyamory exists and she is getting a villain edit edit in part because of that admission Mm -hmm. and her Mm -hmm. clear interest in it and Mm -hmm. I just want to be like Vanessa, girl, that's an option. Like you'll, you should go explore that with someone who wants to do that too. It's going to be fine. Absolutely, and I feel like Mal's like going around
0: it too a little bit. Mal's like, yeah, Yali like you love another person, and I'm here with you in that experience. I'm actually like, I find that beautiful, and I'm not trying to stop that. But I'm now, you know, struggling with my feelings on it. Because we're not in that situation. Or, you know, we hadn't entered into it this way. Right. And I find that so fascinating within polyamory. Because, like, if people who are not in it might just round it all up to cheating on your partner. And it's not. It's obviously a a beautiful, like, diverse, nuanced ex- relationship, you know, experience that get, is different for every single, like, couple involved. And you you know, you can enter it and exit it in different ways. And it can mean different things to different people. Like, you know, you can have one partner in the relationship who doesn't want to date anyone at all. And then the other partner can date other people. And that's still a valid form of it. You know, you don't have to be dating on both sides. There's just like so many things. And, and it's like so hard to see couples that would maybe actually really benefit from that start to benefit from it and then get hurt because they're not set up properly and they haven't communicated this stuff enough and they are still unpacking jealousy, which also happens in polyamory, absolutely, right? Like, yeah. there's That's like, uh, I think, a falsehood that people are like, oh, anyone who's practicing polyamory doesn't experience jealousy. That's not
1: true. Yeah, no, we absolutely do. You just learn to process it in a healthy way and not project it onto your partner. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there are some people in the show who are – so close or they could be I could see them being open to it and it being beneficial to them like Mal they are so supportive they're saying I'm still here like it's okay that you're grieving someone else right now that is Mm -hmm. a huge thing for them to be able to hold space for and I saw that and then on the flip side you know a few sentences later you get you can't have us both so Mm -hmm. it's like okay, I, I understand the reality of those feelings coexisting and I can I can hold that, but ultimately Mal is committed to what they want, which is monogamy, which is totally mm-hmm. fair. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also see some of the openness in Xander because mm-hmm. there's this scene in this episode where they, or it's the episode where they're at the big table and they reconnect mm-hmm. all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vanessa says something about like you're retreating Mm -hmm. from the place where you're ready to marry me. And Sanders says, no, I'm not retreating. If anything, something along the lines of like, if anything, I've added new we've added new growth here in our connections Mm -hmm. with new people. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't detract in any way from my feelings for you. And that's real. And I know that, you know, when some people who have only experienced monogamy, only seen that as, an option hear that, they immediately think, oh, that's a bull. That's bullshit. Like when people say, yes, I love this other person, it doesn't change how the way I feel the way I feel about you. Like Yali talking about, um, uh-huh. you know, yes, I fell in love with Xander, it doesn't change the way I feel about Mal and Mal's friend being like, oh, you know, that's bullshit. It's actually not. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are really complicated, but ultimately none of these couples entered into this hoping to leave with two partners (laughs) so (laughs) like it's not um it's not a fair expectation to uh expect to keep both of these people but i you know the feeling of loving two people at once that is absolutely real and it's not unethical if you can navigate it in a healthy respectful
0: way so well said
1: and it's so interesting
0: because this is what we talk about the bachelor it is a forced polyamory experience where in which the lead and the final two people get punished for for going into it when a lead at the end is like literally I am choosing between two individuals and I love them both the entire bachelor nation is like oh fuck you they get in trouble from the finalists like it's a whole fucking thing and it's like but that was the entire show premise and like the same with this you know that's why I'm like the entire time when I kind of like making little like comments about like oh I'm kind of bothered by what Xander and Yali are doing I'm like I'm like I'm not though, right? Because I like absolutely see how it's a valid and normal like, and I'm happy for them, and I'm like rooting for them. But then I'm also like, oh my god, over here is not it's, It is it is because it's they're being punished for doing
1: the very thing that they were like it's the show is set up to do. I'm rooting for them. I'm gonna be honest, like yeah, I, no, I am. I mean, and one of the one of the things that I know we're jumping all around, but one what? of the things that. I think I I identify the things that would make me lose my mind in a relationship, and then I'm really like, oh, I totally understand why you are looking in another direction. And mm-hmm. one of those things that I've noticed with Mal and maybe Tiff and also Aussie is that the masks don't do housework, question <laughs> mark? Like, what? It's like literally almost all of them except for Xander. And Xander is also the one that was issued the ultimatum. It's just like, the or that issued the ultimatum. Yeah, you know, exactly. the, it, it's just interesting. Not doing housework and not pulling your weight around the house, to me, is like the most egregious thing. Like, I just can't. I would never mm-hmm. be able to, li- to live with a partner being expected to do all the housework, mm-hmm. especially in a queer relationship where you should not be falling into these gender roles. Like, mm-hmm. we're supposed mm-hmm. to be... Above this as queer people and be equal partners, but you still you see the same dynamics playing out, and it's just like, oh my god, I can't believe this, but of course I can believe it. It's just like, yeah, it's oh, like, oh, it's, it's such a bummer. So I understand why Yoli's like, wow, I'm having amazing sex, and this person is like clean around the house, and they're being romantic to me. Like, that, how could you even resist that? I know, you know,
0: it's like, but it also felt so, oh, so it's so complicated, because I also was like annoyed when they were just like, Mal would be like, I'm being consistent. I'm doing this. I'm stepping up. I've I've learned from this. And they're like, "Mm, yeah, you're consistent now. Like, it's only been a couple. I'm like, well, of course, it's just now. Like, what do you like? it's you're kind of projecting this and and maybe you know mal more than i do which i mean you do so <laughs>
1: <I'm>
0: like, <laughs> she definitely does <laughs> she, I, I mean let's be right but uh, i'm just like i guess like uh, 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 okay, let's give everybody a chance it's this is this is too gay for me i'm like struggling i and i think that you and i are like literally we're like so parasocial right now we're like mm, how
1: does feel? it's so it's driving me mad I know. I, I mean, that's the thing is like these are, these are really high stakes. Like mm-hmm. these are real people. These are real relationships and they're mm-hmm. so much closer to us than they have been in other shows. Like mm-hmm. I feel like these could be my friends. Like mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to get crushed, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I also do want, I want everyone to stay in their little love bubble if they want to be in their love bubble and the scenes of, them all at the part like at the bar together and you can tell that Xander and Yoli are just like dying to like touch each other and like talk to each other and they're trying to like get out of the eyesight and it's just like yes it feels unethical and it's painful in the for the partners but also you're just like I want you to be able to hug like I know I know what that feels like it's Mm -hmm. that is the queerest shit ever like I know exactly what that is and polyamory is really hard and sometimes you run into other partners in the in public and you everyone's Mm -hmm. trying to be respectful and I've never seen that actually Mm -hmm. really on television in this way like it's it's some powerful
0: stuff it was wild because you're like they were literally Xander and Dolly are hugging and saying I love you and then seconds later Mal comes up and just it's just so painful. Like and and then they're like, Can I come? Can I sit here? And Yolly's like, I don't I don't know what to say. Like I can't, I don't know. This is awkward. And then they go away and then they have this really beautiful conversation though where is like, I, I really want to go back to that conversation. That was an authentic, intimate conversation and I need to be there for that. And then Mal's like, but can I be there? Do you not want me there? Which is like kind of a fair question, but it was also like a little intense. And then, uh, and then in the end, Mal's like, is this a trust thing? Do you need me to trust you right now? And she said, yes. And then I was like, okay, like that was also kind of a cool moment to see like a a, a heated moment, not heated, but like a, a, a an emotional moment be kind of worked out in a way where like, and then Mal was still also able to say their feelings. Yeah. This doesn't feel good, and I'm not enjoying this, but I am going to, like, trust you,
1: you know? And then on the flip side of that, I mean, Yoli was like, I'm going to go talk to Mildred and Xander, and then Yoli actually goes and just talks to Xander, and they are, like, it's a very intimate conversation where Xander is basically like, let's do this, uh, whatever that, like, essentially, like, let's get married is what it sounded like. And I'm wondering now... I mean, I obviously don't know what happens to all of these couples because we haven't seen that yet, but if anyone is together, like, for instance, if Mal and Yoli do end up together, what are they feeling like this week, having find, actually now seen that conversation for the first time? Or even if they're not together, I want to know what everyone's feeling this week. Are you okay out there? You want to? Do you want to talk about it? What's up? <laughs>
0: please oh oh man i can't even because ah everyone's being so brutally honest um okay so we definitely jumped all over the place Mm. but what should we talk about next like what major like thing because we could just kind of go to big moments
1: oh i mean i would love to talk i want all i want to talk so badly more about yoli and xander i know we've talked about them a lot but just Mm -hmm. i just want to touch on um How amazing the television of that, for instance, that beach scene. Mm. Okay. Like, first of of all, I screamed, not the ring pop. Like, that. (laughs) I um, have to be honest that the thought did cross my mind once upon a time of um, proposing to an ex uh, that way. At the time when they were not an ex. (laughs) The thought did cross my mind. It was a long time ago. That would have been a big mistake. And it would have been cringe as fuck. But yeah, so that that one hit a little close to home. (laughs) But also, like, I'm going to be honest. I think that some of the cringe from Xander is sexy to me. I just have to be honest about it. And um, the Xander, like, whispering about, like, picture this. We're in the sun and the waves come over us and we're rolling around the water and I'm kissing you. I was like, okay, like, okay, Dipsy, like, read me a story, Xander.
0: (laughs) No, at one point when they're, like, in bed and, like, Belly is like, what will you miss about me? And Xander's just like, your soft lips. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: And then, do you remember what Xander said when they turned out the lights? Because I wrote it down. So, uh, Xander said they're literally going to have to pry me off of you. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, <laughs> getting a little hot."
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like I know Xander's a little dork, but they're they just they have game. I don't know. I don't know. There's something going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just had to just had to call that out. That <laughs> television, like straight people, have never seen anything like this, and. <laughs> I don't know I what they're really, going to do with it. No, and that's the thing.
0: Do you remember? Did you watch Tila Tequila? I didn't. I didn't. Okay.
1: Anyway, I talked about this
0: in the last episode, so I won't go into it too much, but, like, there is this, like, hot mask on that show that, like, I think churned a lot of women in, like, 2008. Like, it was, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I was already queer, but, like, I remember being like, oh. Oh. Okay. okay. Um, and I think Xander and Mal and a, Natasha. a lot of these, uh, <laughs> is doing a lot for a lot of these straight girlies out there right now who are like already being like, um
1: Yeah. I wonder what you know, TikTok <laughs> did a lot for a lot of people, uh, in their houses during the pandemic. What is the ultimate ultimatum season two going to do for the general public? Like the the percentage of queers in the population jumps up to like 30 percent 35
0: literally like seriously if you're listening right now and this is happening to you right now anonymously dm me i will not share you who you are but like i need to hear how many straight
1: identifying women
0: are struggling right are now. are you
1: feeling flustered if so happy july june 1st it's pride month uh welcome Welcome. Welcome to the fam. Yeah. You know, no, come out when you're ready, mm-hmm. but just, just know that we do have more fun. So it's really, it's all going to be good.
0: You it's know? okay. It's all going to be fine.
1: Oh my God. So let's talk about
0: Tiff and Mildred for a little bit, because that is another couple that I think is just really compelling in a way, because they're both coming in. T- I, oh my God. It's so frustrating. I, I okay. Okay. I don't think they should be together. Like there's just period. But I like both of them individually and I think that they both are coming from a lot of trauma and they do need to work on their communication skills and go to therapy. I say that with kindness. And yeah, it it's just like really painful to watch though, them just continue to like butt heads and not like interrupt each other and and oh,
1: yeah, you know this. they're they're interesting. I don't dislike e- either of them, mm-hmm. and I don't think that the problem is one person or the other. It's definitely mm-hmm. just like them missing each other in communication. I will say I think that Tiff does have a lot of uh, misogyny going on, and th- mm-hmm. the, like there's just these comments like "now nah, I'm crying like a little bitch," like uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's <laughs> definitely a lot of that. But I also have a big soft spot for like their fierce, uh, dog parentness and mm-hmm. their ability to come back to a situation once they've had a little distance and say, Hey, like, maybe I could have communicated that better. What did you think about that? Like, I don't think they're a terrible communicator. And I think, I, I think it's tough with the, the disagreements about Mildred's tone. That part is also, mm-hmm. that feedback was hard to watch, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's also just really interesting, like the cultural differences in the way that we talk to each other, because Mm -hmm. that what Mildred says of like, you know, she's Latina and that that's how everyone that she knew growing up and how everyone she knows talks to each other, where they talk over each other. It was so funny to hear that conversation because it's also very Jewish and Mm -hmm it can be perceived as, as like, culturally rude and, um, like, direct mm-hmm. and inconsiderate where you're, like, talking over each other. But when, like, Jewish family is all together and people are just, like, talking, talking, talking over each other, that's, like, a very joyful conversation. But if there's that. a mismatch there, I could see how that could lead to a lot of conflict. And it's... Mm-hmm. It's hard. It must be really hard that to Tiff it feels so disrespectful, and mm. to Mildred it's just the innate way that you have a conversation, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. so. I just think that's fascinating.
0: Yeah, beautifully said. I love that that insight because it's like so much of it at times wasn't a you know wasn't like start trying to start a, a fight or anything. It's just like going back and forth, and it. It was just hard to watch it. I really and I just really like empathize with Mildred's like fear of if they're too much, then the people will, who love them will walk away and then, you know, um it's just it was also painful to watch Tiff be like, "But I'm really trying not to, but you're making me still." Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, "No."
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you see like several of the people on this show like revert back to their you almost Mm. see like their child selves in the moment. Mm. Like and that's that's been hard to watch Mm. is like these traumatized queer people on reality T V like that and that was a fear of mine. And we're we are seeing that play out, but again, like everyone deserves the right to be traumatized by reality T V. Like I'm so glad this is happening. Not the traumatizing part, but that they're on there. But you know when Mildred in that moment was like crying and she was like, I don't want to be here alone. Like my heart broke. And there were moments with Aussie where they were Mm -hmm. fully in like meltdown, but like in their child mode. And I, it gave me so much more compassion for these people um, Mm -hmm. as they're going through this. And sometimes, you know, doing insane, terrible shit. But it's, if you think about, the general childhood trauma that you know everyone has and then you add queerness to it and the fact that some of the parental rejection that happened to them might have been coming from that place or about Mm -hmm. their queerness on some deep level that maybe wasn't understood then Mm. that makes this even more complicated
0: Mm. yeah i i have to agree it's so it it's equal opportunity (laughs) trauma on tv because it's like and it's i mean it's gonna be so relatable to a lot of people and it's like we us like gays are sitting here watching these other shows and we can see ourselves in a lot of these straight couples and all these things that happen and we can see ourselves in like you know uh, uh becca kufrin talking about her dead dad or whatever right like we we all relate everyone has like the same trauma right to an extent or can but like at the same time you're like to see this i was like oh i i i just really it's so beautiful as well as sad and i i think it's going to do wonders for a lot of people to see this stuff and yeah i want to talk about ozzy and sam a little bit i you know they were also a couple that i was like oh they're going to make it till the end and now i'm not sure i uh, i think that you know once sam <laughs> had her trial marriage with Tiff and it is keeps saying, this is her words that she's like found her voice and now knows how to speak up and isn't going to let Ozzy just like steamroll the conversations and have her like enable Ozzy or bend over backwards. They're like stuck talking and stepping up more. It's, it is inevitably bringing more, you know, conflict into their relationship. That's not on Sam. It's just like painful to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sam had real positive growth in that finding of her voice and Aussie didn't like that. And mm-hmm. for that reason, and again, with like all of the compassion for Aussie and what they've been through, I I, I mean, if they end up together, I'm going to be really sad for Sam. I'm going to be honest. Like, this is not it. Um, and I just think that Aussie, everyone has needs some solo therapy time, but mm-hmm. clearly like if a, if you can't have one serious conversation ever then it's time for some some solo therapy and some time with yourself and and then we can talk about marriage <laughs> like-
0: mm-hmm.
1: step one um and and that's for everyone like we we all gotta do that shit mm-hmm so true. Or we never talk about marriage. Also, not everyone
0: has to get married. That's (laughs) because... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, like, Ozzy's 40. They... uh, But, you know, they keep saying, like, they hadn't really thought of marriage. They didn't really... Don't think of themselves as, like, a marriage type. This is a whole big change for them. And you can literally see it happening in front of our eyes. This, like, understanding that maybe I would want... Oh, my God. I'm going to start crying. The fact that I feel like Ozzy can see that they do want, like... A safe comforting long-term relationship where they can feel like they can put their roots down and really be themselves is something I've never wanted more for somebody that I've seen on tv and then to see them open up about how like their childhood trauma has never given them that that space they feel constantly in a state of panic because they are always they were always wrong and they were always told what to do and they can't express any of their feelings and then you just beautifully said like there might have been some weird dynamics where the family could tell that Aussie was not you know cishet and 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 just like it is so brutal cuz they're not they're not ready for it they're not well, they're yeah. not and
1: they're they're also like went into just how much pressure they feel they felt and they do feel to be the perfect child the perfect quote-unquote daughter and obviously they could never be that because that's not i oh mean they're God. not a woman aussie's not a woman i don't like i don't i yeah. think that aussie has articulated aussie's self that aussie says inside i'm ma i feel masculine You know, the man that I feel like I am. Yeah. So in that case, you're never going to be the perfect daughter. That's not a possibility. Um, And that's got to be okay. And the fact that they
0: were like, it would be such a big deal for me to introduce you to my family because, like, I just never, like, I've never, I'm not out to them. It's like such a huge thing that I think is playing into the dynamic of it all. That was heartbreaking. And then it's like, I just, I feel like, you know, had... Ozzy been allowed to be themselves like they could this relationship could be something really beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's just like makes me so mad not just not at Ozzy's parents I don't know them (laughs) they're first generation immigrants they have Mm -hmm. a lot of trauma as well it's just like I hate our world so much that keeps people like this is what we say like trans lives matter like we have to like not make people suffer Mm -hmm. because they can't just, like, figure it out.
1: Yeah, and this dynamic of, like, seeing one person who is a a cis woman who has a super accepting family and then a trans non-binary person who does not have an accepting family, like, that's my dynamic in my relationship, and to see that represented like it's all always going to come back to this in this conversation like i cannot tell you obviously you understand jenna but like Mm -hmm. you the general public like how much this means to me i know this i know this is trash i know this is some hot trash that we are watching Mm -hmm. but it's also not and it is so important like this feel it feels historical it i think it is you know it's just it's something we got to see. We have to see ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I really yeah. hope there's some people
0: watching this who are opening their eyes
1: mm-hmm.
0: to how much hiding someone's self and trying to repress things can do so much damage mm-hmm. to yeah. themselves and their communities and everything. And it just makes me so sad. And I just really hope it's like a moment for people to to reflect on. Um Sending my heart out to both of them. We'll see what happens. We don't know uh, what's going to happen until next week. But um, I just... Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I can't... I cried today watching that last episode. I really was like, I can't. This is so upsetting. It's so much. Uh, it's so upsetting. Let's see here. Lexi and Ray. And then we'll circle back to our, our quadrant.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... And I feel like we can, we can start to talk a little bit about what happens on the other side once they're like, once they reunite and they start living together with their old partners, we start to see that happen. So when Lexi and Ray come back together, I mean, they're obviously grappling with what happened and that question of like, was this cheating? Was it not? Or like, you know, how valid are my feelings of betrayal? And one of the most like (laughs) shocking parts of this, I would say is, Lexi just grilling Ray in front of her parents. Her parents, ah! like what? Oh, I feel I have so much. Like I feel for Ray this whole time because Ray is. I can. She flushes so pink and red, and she's not the only one. But you can see when she has full body embarrassment, like her entire everything is red, and she just wants to get out of there. And like, I don't think I would ever forgive my partner for just flaying me alive in front of their parents. Like that is, that is in bananas. I can't believe
0: that happened. So like, like oh, I forget the word I want to use. Just so like intense about it because they're just like they're not even like listening to the parents kind of trying to be like well i mean maybe this is like blah 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 blah." and she's like what am i supposed to do what would you do mom and i was like i'm like i'm having an out-of-body experience right now you're asking your mother what she would do (laughs) like
1: girlfriend finger (laughs) another woman like, I can't right now. Yeah, I don't think she has the expertise for this. Although, Lexi's parents do seem pretty chill. Like, yeah. they actually do seem like they have their... Like, they, they got a good head on their shoulders, you know? Yeah. But, I mean... And, and just talking about the, the intimacy of it all, explicitly to the parents. Like, do we really need them to weigh in on this? Like, oh, Ray just wanted to crawl under the table. I could not believe it.
0: And then you know their thing is that Ray, so Vanessa, sorry Lexi uh-huh. <laughs> go through my Rolodex the Lexi just is like wants to be chosen, wants to be chosen wants to be chosen and that's a fair feeling to have um, you have to choose yourself and you have to be okay with yourself, you can't be chosen by somebody to make everything good uh, but she's 24 um, and I'm being derogatory though so <laughs> 24 year olds listening no no but it's uh, yeah and Ray's like i am choosing you i've never not chosen you it's just that i'm not ready for marriage yet like it's not that i don't want marriage i just know that it's a permanent thing i just want to like figure it out and they just also miscommunicate a a good amount and they just uh, their relationship bugs me because they just speak in platitudes and like definites in a way that makes me like want to crawl out of my skin just like, we just have a good time. Everything is great. And the next sentence is like, you never this. And this is this. And I just want to be married and cooking grills. And you're wearing a sexy top. And everything is great. And just like,
1: this is so like. It keeps, that keeps coming up. That, that keeps coming up is like, do we buy sexy lingerie for each other um, enough in this relationship? Or do we not? And that is yeah. really funny. I, I just think it must be, it must be something that like Lexi is asked for that Ray hasn't fulfilled at this point or like they've been meaning to do that, but it hasn't happened, but it keeps coming up as if they're like, they're hanging a lot on that and it's ability to um, do something spicy for the relationship. I, uh, I think that's, that will be fun that one time it happens, but it's not going (laughs) to solve anything. Um, Oh my gosh. There is, I just want to like give a shout out to the editors, because there is this one beautiful moment of visual storytelling where Ray and Lexi are fighting on the beach, and yes. as the the conversation starts to devolve, there's this shot of these seagulls just tearing apart this takeout container. And then they go back to Lexi and Ryan's like, it was always meant to be you. I was like, this is some good television. I was just, sorry for yelling in your ears. So I was good. just so hyped on it. I, oh, yeah. This is... The metaphor is so strong. The box being their relationship and marriage. And
0: these two seagulls just, oh my God, seagull, lesbian seagulls. I know. Aww,
1: Although so it was actually more than two seagulls. So it was like a poly- uh, situation, which is, you know, love it. to be clear. Well, I
0: guess, but I guess seagulls are a lesbian bird. Like, it's like, there's a song called Lesbian Seagulls. Oh, to, oh yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I I have informed this, um, maybe in a group chat somewhere that you're <laughs> also in, um, about someone who will not be named, but, um, <laughs> I have to say, well, thank God this show came out
0: when it did because... Us gays, we're really starting to struggle with a Miss Allison Swift. Uh, (laughs) Happy pride to you, too, bitch. Um, Seriously. So, uh, thank God for this show to help save us in our lowest times. But, yeah, it's just like, oh, boy. I just, I feel like they both aren't bad people. They both want to be heard. She wants to be chosen. Ray just wants to be, not feel like a bad person. But, you know, like...
1: And since we're jumping around, I'm just gonna jump forward to um, Lexi and Ray after that gathering at the bar, where Lexi is like just you know laying into Ray about like Mm -hmm. the fact that Ray hugged Vanessa, and that is when I started to remember. Uh, As much as Lexi can be very mature and wise for her age, that, that was not a great look. And I, you know, her brain is not fully developed. Like that's just the case at 24. Mm -hmm. So cutting her some slack, but like, we have to, especially in the queer community, but like just in general, conflict is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. People are going to date each other's exes. Like there's going to be conflict always, but, and this is, this is just me. But, like, I feel like you have to, at the bare minimum, be able to acknowledge a person's humanity, even if you don't like them. And all that means is being able to walk into a room and say hello to them and not ignore them. Uh, Because I think that is, like, a despicable thing to do to another human, unless they have done something truly horrible to you. And I just don't feel that way about Vanessa, to -mm. be honest, Um, in the context of all of this. You got to be able to, even if you don't want to say hi, Lexi, like, Ray is her own person. And if she wants to say hello to this person she just lived with for 21 days, that's absolutely within her right to do so. And for Lexi to say, this was how you could have proven yourself to me, it would have been so easy Easy. for you to just completely ignore her and show me that, you know, you're for me, but you had the audacity of hugging her and then ignoring her for the rest of the night. Like, Ray basically did ignore her all night. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I didn't see any warmth, any interaction there. And Lexi still found a way to make Ray feel that she had failed her. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was so unfair. It really was. Um. Just really, really harsh. And yeah, and not was. an okay thing to ask of her.
0: And like who wants to bet money that Lexi would have been mad if Ray had completely ignored Vanessa? Oh, why'd you ignore her? Was there something I, was something going on? I'm just, I'm playing yeah. devil's advocate. Who about. knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It sucked. It sucked. And at one point I was like fully ready to like cancel Lexi <laughs> um, with the power that I hold to do so. But <laughs> uh, until one when she's like, But she promised me she wouldn't fuck. That's true. And that's where I was like, okay. That was new information. If that is is true, there's something to be said for that. But Yeah,
1: it's more of a betrayal. And also a weird kind of like mis- uh, misunderstanding almost of like Ray also thinking that wasn't sex or something. Like I right. do queers. Do you know what sex is? You're ha- This is sex. This is what our sex is like. I don't know. J- you didn't use a strap on, but it's still sex. So just to be clear. Um, just More coming, intimate, coming to back to that. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, your actual digits oh god that scene where lexi just keeps saying like you had your fingers inside i was like please stop It's like can you imagine being talked about that way you're not even in, in the room right oh Ray, watching this this week oh i'm so sorry i
0: was like ever people go into my tiktok at dacard on tiktok because i made a great tiktok of that audio where like and you were just talking about sucking cock and balls at my birthday <laughs> and my mother was there and like i did a, a tiktok to that with all these scenes but i'm not going to post it on instagram because i know i'm going to get fucking deleted uh. off the place the earth. <laughs> but it's just so funny <laughs> you're talking about sucking cock and balls um you you had your fingers inside the woman i love i want them oh. on a t-shirt like i need <laughs> them on a t-shirt it's so good
1: oh i can't believe it how did they get ray on this show <laughs> well
0: and also i to be to to sweet baby ray if you're listening right now babe we are big, we're just having fun but like they she posted an instagram story where she was like i didn't want to fucking go i said no and then i went and i was like let me do this experiment you know But I didn't want to be. And I'm like, now my heart's even more like, holy fuck, you're going through all of this and you were
1: pretty adamantly about not doing it? Yeah, and this is the thing that really makes me nervous right here, which is the vitriol that the general public gives reality stars, but take that and mix it in a blender with homophobia, especially because right before we started, you know, recording, you said that this show was in the top 10 shows in the country based on like the streaming ratings Mm -hmm. so that's not just queer people watching this show and people like to make their opinions known so if you are homophobe and you also think that what ray did was like a huge betrayal and you want to tell her about it in the dms like that is a dangerous combo and i'm just like really worried about that all of them in that regard all of the Mm -hmm. people on this and just again obviously like i don't think anyone listening to date card pod sends hateful messages but if you remotely think about it put your phone down go take a (laughs) walk go outside touch some grass please
0: (laughs) so yeah it's just so fucking messy y'all it's really messy and like and so listen here welcome back to the podcast uh now we're going to enter into my my favorite segment is I guess I'm a Vanessa stan because I love this fucking
1: bitch. <laughs> oh my God. I actually have some very similar feelings about Vanessa, which is funny because everyone I've heard talk about her so far is like, Vanessa's a monster. And I, I really don't feel that way. And that might be reality TV literacy partially, but like that's what I'm saying. Vanessa at one point was picking out, they're doing that, they're having that conversation where they're picking out their outfits and Vanessa was like, this is going to be really big, really life-changing, so I better look hot. And I was like, that's me. I'm sorry. Um, And Nance was like, that literally is something you would say. (laughs)
0: this is gonna be a life-altering moment for myself now make sure the tits look good like come like on like that is i'm sorry it's, no, everyone doesn't think that way oops and then when we meet her dad he is such a darling man and he has been divorced and he comes in this conversation being like marriage is really fucking serious and actually i don't think any of you are fucking taking it worth a damn and uh, and then he was on this like monologue about how like marriage was created forever ago when we didn't like live past age 30 and so it's not supposed to be a lifetime thing it's supposed to be like a seven-year lease and I was like amen brother he was so real
1: he was so real for that and his uh her face and his face were the same and also I just was cracking up at the be- about him going on about he was like i've been dating a little and vanessa made this face that was like my dad fucks yeah he's been dating a lot (laughs) he fucks
0: i love it he probably is gallery amorous like come on let's get him as a host i don't give a shit um he is so great and yeah and then vanessa's like like and you guys want to wonder where i get my opinions on marriage from and i'm like exactly
1: I mean, there's actually some healthy cynicism going on there. Yeah. Like, I think it's okay to understand that marriage is not for everyone. Monogamy is not for everyone. And that the commitment to one person, uh, especially, like, sexually, for the rest of your life is not uh, not necessarily natural Mm-mm. for everyone, Mm-mm. I will say. Um, and so... Uh, And I'm sure that he is not going to be warmly received by everyone, and obviously neither is Vanessa, but, like, I kind of loved these two. I love these two. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying she has not done and said some things that were a little, like, cringe and rude and, uh, yes, trying to start drama. But, okay, thank you. I mean, thank you. And also, because, like, this show, otherwise, the drama from the show is just, like queer trauma (laughs) manifesting into relationship dynamics and she's bringing like just fucking cunty energy which is like i'm just gonna like say what i want when i want it and i don't give a shit and i'm gonna interrupt you and like i don't it's just it's just like so funny i agree like she's she's done some things she said some things i i don't think she's here quote unquote for the right reasons and if that's like (laughs) a big enough problem for you then i get it but like olivia and i said like we have a decent amount of reality TV show literacy, and we're constantly talking about the villains in the Bachelor world. About like, unless they're being like obscenely racist and ableist, which that happens a lot. Um, otherwise, it's usually not an actual problem. They're just being misunderstood, and or coming to the table in a way that just doesn't fit the fucking process of the show.
1: Yeah, I think you know, I think there's some stuff that I've seen some from, Van- from Vanessa that is like. Some of it's from the first four episodes which I know you already talked about but essentially she has a problem reading body language mm, and that's true. um I think that some of she was coming on to Ray before they hooked up in a way that didn't feel consensual in terms of like body like or you could tell that Ray was just like oh like cringing retreating pulling that's back from her and, and then ultimately mm-hmm. I I think you know Ray did feel the mutual attraction and want to explore that. And that, that happened. But like, I don't think Ray wanted to be affectionate on camera in the way that Vanessa wanted to Mm -hmm. be, to be affectionate. And Vanessa wasn't picking up on that. And that is always going to be hard to watch. Um, So definitely not like the biggest Vanessa Stan ever, but at the same time, you need these kinds of people on reality TV and Vanessa's a great villain Mm -hmm. um and I also I think I know what's going to happen with Vanessa and um Xander and I uh, it's gonna destroy me I'm worried
0: (laughs) oh I'm excited um yeah no I I do get that she her she's also like pretty selfish and and definitely comes off as like Other people's feelings are not necessarily their priority in a lot of moments. But I also don't think that's all true. You know, like, I don't know. She she carries multitudes. (laughs) So then I think what made me grow my, like, my urge to defend her more, this grouping of episodes um, from the previous ones, was that I did also feel like it was a little fucking unfair the way Xander was going about things. I don't think Xander is a villain. But, like, they are also experiencing... A poly poly relationship that they've never probably experienced, and that's hard. So I don't blame them for not knowing like what they want. And also, like everyone keeps saying, like this is oh my god, so great when like Mal is talking to them at that party, and Xander's like, it's not the choice night. (laughs) It's like yeah, it's not the choice night. And so like I absolutely get Xander's like, (laughs) they're allowed to continue to still talk to yali and just try to figure it out, and also talk to Vedessa. If anything, they're doing the experiment like. Perfectly, right? They're like, they're doing it, but at the same time, it's like pissing me off. I'm like, I'm so, I'm like, two things can be true at once because I'm also like, poor Vanessa, who's sitting here just like, I think I have a right to know, like, how, what, what did you guys do sexually? Like, how deep in love are you with this person? Do I even stand a fucking chance? You brought me here and Mm -hmm. you asked me to do this. And now I'm sitting here telling you that I'm ready to give this a good shot. And you're like, not and you can't yeah. even be really upfront with me about it you also are giving me like oh but then okay but then also god Vanessa <laughs> was being so fucking weird in that scene where she like went and sat on Xander's lap and like forced intimacy <gasps> oh fuck I her. wrote that down I'm gonna cancel her now actually I hated that scene I hated I wrote that it. down oh my I god I did not
1: uh, the first serious conversation that they have once they are back living together I'm gonna sit in your lap and you can like take that and compare that moment oh. where the moment with the moment where Mal and Yoli are talking about family. Mal says, I want you to know I care about our potential kids and family just as much as you. Yoli says, I'm going to come sit next to you. And Mal says, only if you want to. And Yoli says, I do. And sits next. Like that is communication. That is mm-hmm. consent. Mm-hmm. Now we go back to. I'm going to sit in your lap, and then like just uses that to go like right into the intimacy, and it's like this conversation's too hard. We should just make out instead. Like there's definitely a lot of that going on. It's it's tough for sure. Yeah, we. Yeah, that that's really hard, and um, I think that yeah, I think Xander, I don't. Blame them for the situation mm-hmm. that they're in. I no. do think that they might be kind of an accidental villain mm-hmm. in the That's situation. what I'm saying. I was like,
0: is Xander the villain? Like, because I kind of feel like they are. I think are, Xander but... might be the
1: villain. Um, because, but the thing is, like, when, <laughs> once you're back in that, well, I think they kind of are. That's Because here's the thing like, now that they're back in the uh, trial marriage, they are <laughs> telling Vanessa that they're going to give her a real shot, right? But then at the same time, they're at the party basically saying, Yoli, let's do this. Yeah. So, like, which one is it? Also, like, the conversations about the ethics of DMing. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. One of the things that comes up in polyamory as well. Obviously, in this situation, like, they're not in a polyamorous situation. They are in a trial marriage. So, like, I understand Vanessa being like, Bart, you should not be sending selfies back and forth. But it's so interesting in polyamory because that's – it's one of the things that we had to talk about where it was like, okay, you know, for dates, dates, you know where the person is. You have that expectation of they're going to be having this intimacy with someone else. But with phones, you could be having that intimacy at any time. So, like, you have to have conversations mm. around your expectations around communication. Mm. So – or or, like – you don't know that you're on the same page with someone because a lot can happen just on the phone. And uh, you also can't blame Yoli and Xander for wanting to be in communication mm-hmm. because they are, they just fell madly in love mm-hmm. and now they have been ripped apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, like they're naturally going to want to talk to each other. The whole thing, uh, not a recipe for success.
0: No. And cause I was like, I said that today at the end of my Instagram stories when I watched episode eight. Cause I was like, Okay, I'm going to play in the space of I'm rooting for them. Because I am. We said this earlier. I am rooting for them. I am too. I am too. But I was like, let me play in that space for a second. Well, now I'm fucking mad because I feel bad that they do not get a chance to talk enough. Because you're expecting them to somehow make a decision between their two other partners and whether they want to be together, Yali and Xander. And, like, they're not getting enough time to talk. And, like, so, yeah, they're DMing. And, like, because, like, how do you expect either of them to say no to their other partner, or yes, if they don't know if the other person... Like, now I'm mad, because they're the only one in this, like, damn show at this point who actually cares and is in love with their former trial partner. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my god. That's the drama. That's the drama for you right now. Yeah, there. I mean,
1: that's the drama, is that the show sets it up so that there is a possibility and a likelihood that they'll miss each other in the way that those decisions align. Like, maybe Yoli you know says oh. no to mal and then xander, says xander yes. gets back together with vanessa and they get engaged like oh. that is it's clearly i mean that's what i think is gonna happen let's just be honest but like uh who knows that's just my read of the situation and i just feel like baby sweet baby xander he's oh the he sorry those are the totally wrong pronouns <laughs> but i tried um <laughs> they are going to be sucked back in. They're already getting sucked back in by Vanessa. I think that's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. I know. So it's, it's just wild. It's so wild. And I... You know, so then you contrast... I like how you contrasted earlier the, like, do you want to sit next to me? Only if you want to. So, yes. Let's get mm-hmm. talk about Mal. Mal is a great communicator, right? They're not they perfect, are. but they're a great communicator. And they do, like, they hear what the person is saying, and they say it back to them, they say their feelings, they use I statements, they mm-hmm. give space, they ask questions that are pretty, like, open-ended to an extent, sometimes not always, but, like, it's it's a great example of, like, a pretty decent communication. And Yali does, too. Yali, like, what I love about her is that she's never not telling her exact feelings. And I respect yeah. the fuck out of that. Even when the feelings are not in line with how it would make Mal feel good in the moment. And yeah, but they're not doing it maliciously. There's never like a maliciousness to it. It's like, and it, a lot of times I'll actually be like, I just don't know. I don't know how to answer that. And I'm like, yes, that's actually such I a love good her.
1: answer. <laughs> She's so, she is so straightforward and honest. And yeah, sometimes it is really going to hurt Mal and that's, it's tough to watch. But like. She was straight up and honest about being in love with Xander, and Xander wasn't. When Vanessa asked Xander, do you love Yoli, Xander said, I don't know. Uh, Even that, like, I, I, my brain goes like, what are they thinking right now? So like, what if Xander and Yoli end up together, but then they're watching that back and Yoli sees Xander say, I don't know. And then now they're having a fight about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: was <laughs> like, yeah. reunion, reunion. But then
0: you could almost say, because then eventually Xander goes to that party and says, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm down. Yoli says, I'm not sure, which is fair. Then is like, Mal's just like still asking her, do you want to like go with Xander? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I feel like it's... um. Xander could watch that, too, and just feel, like, hurt by, like, what is happening, you know?
1: Right, or maybe Xander and Vanessa end up together, and then Vanessa watches Xander say, let's do this at the party, and now they're fighting. I'm just fantasizing about all of the aftermath. I I can't stop thinking about, like, how this might be playing out. So true. But it has been, like, a year or more. It has been a long time. I know. That's my favorite. I remember, like,
0: a, like a good, like, two episodes in. I was like, oh, right. We're watching one of these Netflix shows. This was it's recorded, like, yeah, five years ago, wasn't it?
1: Christ. Mm-hmm. None of this is, <laughs> none of, like, none of this is going to matter. Um, oh, speaking of these Netflix shows, mm-hmm. um, just one of the things that I, I feel like we have to talk about because... It's, like, the elephant in the room. It's, like, the specter. Okay, so you know how in... I'm sorry to talk about the first four episodes. I'll keep it very brief. But you know how Tiff threatens to leave, gets up and leaves, and then there's this weird, like, edit, and then they're back?
0: Yeah, they they go into, like, an area, like, behind where there's producers, and they're, like,
1: fully yeah. ready to leave. And then they're back in the experiment. No explanation. They're just back. Okay, so... I I don't know if everyone is aware of this, but you know, in the conversations that have been happening around the potential movement for the rights of people who go on reality TV, that's been happening um, from some former contestants who were on Love Is Blind. Nick, I forget his last name. Sorry, Nick Thompson. Love what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the You Can Foundation yeah. is there movement, they're trying to advocate for the rights of people on these shows because they were very mistreated on Love is Blind. This is the same production company, so it's Kinetic Productions, and in the contract for Love is Blind built in, there was a fee that was hanging over their head that if they didn't make it all the way to the altar, like for instance, if Irina from Love is Blind tried to leave Mexico and leave the show early because she didn't like Zach, they most likely kept her there with the threat of a $50,000 fee. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that same production company, same platform. Mm -hmm. There is a very similar fee Mm -hmm. built into this show. If you don't make it all the way to the end of the ultimatum experiment. Mm -hmm. So if it seems like someone really does not want to be there, but they're still just hanging on, keep that in mind.
0: God, I fucking hate that. And it's so funny about the know, arena. No, I know. And, like, because I was such an arena apologist, too. And it's, like, knowing that now, it's, like, yeah, no wonder she couldn't, like, just leave. She obviously didn't want to be there. And it's, like, made me so mad that she was being forced in some kind of intimacy with Zach that she just didn't want and I mean uh, she had to sleep in a bed with that man that
1: creeped her out I'm so like that sucks that sucks like, so much I hate it uh who has $50,000 I certainly don't like Mm-mm. what uh that would bankrupt someone mm-hmm. that would absolutely ruin your life yeah um and I obviously like they yes they signed the contracts they sign up for this but like Think about just being completely held hostage in a situation like this and just like have some compassion for that. That should not be in these contracts. That's (laughs) really disturbing. Not to put not to rain on anyone's parade of enjoying the show. But like, I think it is important when we consume reality TV to hold these things in our minds, too, because it is very much impacting what you're seeing on the screen and reality TV literacy
0: know it and like literally in this season alone how many people have tried to leave like
1: so many a lot like a lot a lot
0: um ozzy like we were just talking about like they tried to leave multiple times not just leave the room like tried to leave take off their mic pack like we're done yeah
1: and then you have that scene of mal saying this whole thing's done right the mal hits their wall and then they're back and you know they go through the end of the episode, and they get down on one knee, and how did they get Mal there? You know, it's just interesting. Mm. You got to think about those mm. those behind the scenes conversations. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I guess back to your earlier point. So do you think Yali should pick Xander?
1: Yeah, just because it would be more fun for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Correct answer. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mal. I'm sorry. No, it's just like I, I, I just keep hearing Yali just be like, "I, there's no romance. Like, I love you as a friend. Yes. I love you as family. We've been through thick and thin. But I, I mean, I gotta, I, I have this romance or whatever. I mean, I will say we do briefly to talk about the conversation with uh, Alicia, which is, I guess, actually their mutual friend, but maybe Mal's friend mm-hmm. more, but definitely a friend of Yali's because they've been together for like three years plus. Like, that conversation was so fucking wild, too, because, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, like, she doesn't understand, maybe, polyamory relationships. So, like, that part aside, because Yali wasn't doing anything wrong, just explaining what is happening, and that it is true that you can have feelings for multiple people. But, like, the conversation did turn to, like, money and insurance and having babies. That was, like, deeply uncomfortable to me. But not, I'm not, I'm not throwing y'all under the bus on that like i think it's a really personal and like important like choice and thing that you're thinking about so like i just i just love it was hard to watch but at the same time i'm like wow like i just never thought i would have seen a scene like that because it was like there's just a lot of nuance to both sides and i i felt for mal too being like what are you talking about like how have i not shown up for you in this like what
1: well you gotta think it's so fascinating like and that's one of those things that is just like oh my god, think about the history, the, the like, cultural history here, and the fact that, like, women didn't used to be able to carry, like, have their own bank accounts and credit cards, like, really not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Like, not even a hundred years ago, not not even close. Maybe, like, 50 years ago. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and so just the fact that, like, we can acknowledge that marriage is a financial decision, too, and, like, yeah, that was a. It's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Maybe not one you want to be having in front of a friend. Um, and and it's tough, but like, it's fair for Yoli to want to seek that kind of security, especially because she is on a timeline, and it's clear there's a lot that they're kind of talking around in their relationship mm. in terms of like financial support mm. and support around the house. Um, mm-hmm. That is a little unclear exactly what is going on, but Yoli is not feeling supported in that way, yeah. in that relationship. And I don't think that that's going to be solved in 21 days of Mal feeling like, oh, shit, I'm going to lose her. You know, I, I don't think that that's going to solve all the problems.
0: Mm-mm. So true. I just wonder As- if it's going to be a good match with Xander. You know, it might seems like it is, and we've got
1: this this added element that queer women and non-binary people have to deal with, where the pregnancy Mm -hmm. and wanting to have a family is much more expensive than it is for people who have the parts to do it naturally. Not that it's unnatural, just to be clear, but you know, biologically. Just the two of them without any uh, help from other people or doctors. Like, IVF is so fucking expensive. And when you factor in the economic disadvantages that come with queer and come with not getting generational inheritance Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, potentially employment and housing discrimination. You factor all of these things in and then you make them pay for IVF. Of course, she's going to be thinking about her financial stability. She would be, you know she she has to. Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So true. It's complicated. Can I be? Can I be vulnerable for a second? Please <laughs> how do. Absolutely stupid I am. When I was watching it today. <laughs>
1: oh boy.
0: I, <laughs> I I I'm gonna phrase it as like. I'm just so cool. I'm just, like, so immersed in, like, gay is normal. I've normalized gayness so much. Oh, yeah. That when Yali was like, IVF is going to be a part of this, I was just like, oh, is that because she's infertile or something? (laughs) (laughs) For a whole, like, minute. I I mean,
1: like. Because
0: I just see them as a a normal couple, man. (laughs) Or just, or just. (laughs) I wasn't even
1: thinking about that. That is so funny. Like, I love that we just forget. We forget that that is like a thing. I know. I I
0: mean, thank like, you, thank like, you for being vulnerable. Thank you. It's like, you I know that makes vulnerable. me sound stupid, but I'm also like, oh, I just, but I also, what it is is like, I I don't want babies, and I, like, ever. So, like, yeah. it's just like not yeah. a conversation I'm thinking about in my head. So, like. I mean, same.
1: <laughs> but also, to be honest, I feel like, you know, Xander might be able to get the job done just with the with the sexual energy. Um, like yeah, like that Kylie Jenner
0: preg- er, pregnant meme. Like, and suddenly I was pregnant. Like, I don't know. Yep, I basically, just, like, I got pregnant from all of these masks. I'm sorry. I don't. Know.
1: I mean, I got pregnant from the one mask that like does the dishes. You know, that'll do it. Like, I'm sorry. That's how it happens. <laughs> I want to tell you. Um, just speaking of Yuli and uh, just how wonderfully gay this all is, I want to tell you my favorite line from these entire four episodes which i just thought was iconic and i (laughs) had to write it down which is yoli saying to xander it's such a queer thing not to show your clavicle and people don't understand that i as someone who's currently wearing a mock neck i totally agree it's such a queer thing not to show your clavicle and i've never you know, thought of it in those words, but I just love her for speaking to our queer experience.
0: Mm, I'm so glad you felt represented in that moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, clavicle, clavicle hiding forever. My favorite line was, mouth stuff too. (laughs) What about, I love you. Say it back, Sander.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Say it back. You can say it, you can say it back. Oh my god! And then like, Uh. oh, and then uh, Mal's like, Vanessa, I just think it's like weird that you're telling me about these DMs. Like, I don't care. I feel like you're trying to mess with me. Blah blah blah. And then Vanessa's just like, well, I just thought you wouldn't want to know. And then uh, that they were like, like, and then Mal's like, I don't really care. Like that they were just DMing like what what do, what were they doing and then Vess was like I mean they were sending selfies and like fire emojis and then and well, I was like no I care now I fucking care I was like that is the most relatable fucking thing I was like oh my god I'm levitating this conversation is so millennial Gen Z like wait a second what was it the was it the hot emoji wait, which emoji <laughs> like the
1: red was face it- <laughs> Not the red face with the sweat bead emoji. That's that's over the line. Yeah. And, like, th- this is why you have to communicate about communication. Because it's like, okay, yeah, of course, it's fine if you're texting. But, like, selfies? Emojis? What's, you know, what's okay? And it was like, and then, like, y'all was just
0: like, well, I don't know. I just, yeah, I forgot that I even did that. And they're like, but I, but you fucking did. And then it was like, yeah. It's it just, like, the explanation of it all was so just, I really felt like I
1: was. She said, I didn't think that happened. I didn't think that happened.
0: <laughs> and then it got worse because it was like the, ex- the ex- explanation was that basically Xander was posting selfies or posting where they were at, like view photos of the view, and then Yali being like, if you're going to keep posting about that, at least have the decency to post your face. Like and that that's flirting. That's that is too far. I mean, it's not too far, but I'm just like, oh my I god. Mean, like as if you're monogamous. Yeah, I would be mad.
1: <sighs> Oh my God. it also sounds like a DM I would send. Yeah. But yeah. Oh Well any yeah. any other
0: major like fun things we missed because I mean we can't we can't talk for five hours about this,
1: but I would oh, love to, uh, of course. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I just I just thought this was a feast, really. True. Um, and, and I will say like I thought it got better throughout the season, and I know it's only been like a week, mm-hmm. and it's been eight episodes. But these shows—they go really fast. Mm-hmm. I the first chunk of episode I had, episodes, I had a hard time with how, like, how tough these situations were, how complicated, um, and how bad the behavior was. And the next chunk, I was just in it. I was just like, "Take me away! I love this show. This is like it is one of the best reality shows I've ever seen." And, um, I did eat episode one up, but like episode one is almost like what it's like wiped from my memory. I just, this is so much better. And I hope that everyone can see that objectively. Yeah, it really has. So that it's not a one-off because we got, are you the one season eight? Mm -hmm. And it was like a gift from the heavens. And then they were just like, we did that never again. And I can't live like this anymore like I need this consistently I want us to have our own queer show that happens every year so we can get completely sick of it like it's time you know and no more of these like little token we're gonna throw them one season I uh, yeah look at how much money this is going to make you and just give us more of it please
0: I literally said that the other day on the stories. They, they cannot go back to the straight version of this specific one. I'm sorry. They, they yeah. actually can't. And no. they really can't. And I just saw my roommate last night. She's like, hey Jenna, oh my god, I'm watching that Ultimatum show because she, she hasn't watched any of the Netflix shows. Even though I talk about them all the time. And she's like, I'm just watching it. It's amazing. We're still talking. And she's just like, oh my god, this is like the best show ever. She's like, I can't believe this is like this all gay show. This is the best, like, Thing whatever, and I was like, "Yeah," especially compared to the first season that was all straight. And she was like, "No, this show, <laughs> this show." And- That's wrong. And she was like, "This show cannot." There was a straight version. I said, "Yeah." She's like, "But it's made for gays," and I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah."
1: These shows are all made for gays, and when will people fucking realize that? <laughs>
0: please, please, yeah, seriously,
1: and just fucking put a gay host. I'm sorry, I have nothing against Joanna. I didn't know Joanna's name and um, I didn't know Joanna's name to the point where you posted those fire memes and all of the ones that said straight Joanna, I did not know who you were talking about <laughs> until you just said the name Joanna. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That is confounding to me why they did that. I don't... I mean, she's doing fine, but like, it it's a strange choice. It was a really strange choice. H- am I extremely relieved that it's not Nick and Vanessa Lachey? Yeah. Yes. Oh my. Oh. And that, I and thought I, it was going to be. And I guess that
0: has to say something, y'all. Like <laughs> the fact that so many people in my comment sections were like, well, better than what the Lachey, L- the, sorry, the Legays. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. It's, it, and also like, is it because they're homophobic like we'll never know i don't know why they weren't there but i'm happy they weren't but also can we get like Haley kyoko like she would have been fucking perfect for this
1: or Haley and becca if you want a duo oh my gosh that would be amazing and i think that they would do it too i think they'd be so because they've been advocating for that yeah and you know Haley's Haley's video for uh for for the the girls. girls yeah that, where it's like the bachelor mansion, like that's their, that's their dream. It's my dream too. We share that in common.
0: Hmm. What a, what a, what a dream we have. And I am so happy that you and I got to talk about this. This is, feels really special and monumentous that our friendship got to experience a moment like this.
1: And
0: a moment like this, this some <laughs> okay, uh, a lifetime. This has been amazing. I'm sure we'll have a million more thoughts as soon as we log off. But for now, this is what we have to do. We, we <laughs> and y'all, the next week is the finale. Uh, well, I'll do a recap podcast at that point. And you know what? I'll probably fucking do another one afterwards. Because I'm sure there'll be some stuff that will settle in the dust of that reunion. If we're getting it. Still not sure what the finale looks like. And, uh, I will probably be doing more episodes on this just to decompress everything that we learned and saw. And let me know in the DMs if you have any suggestions for people to interview, to talk about that. I am trying to, I am trying to interview some of the cast. I've, I'm in contact with people, but I don't know if I'll get the approval from Netflix. But if you're ever in a situation where you can help boost That possibility by DMing or anything or commenting. Oh my God, I'd love to hear you on Date Card Pod. I am here to interview any and all people, including Natasha.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, this is the. Please, Natasha, this is the podcast that they totally should come on because, like, this is an actual queer podcast. Like, most of the podcasts out there that cover reality TV are not doing what Date Card Pod is doing. Mm -hmm. And They should, you know, come hang out. Please. We have
0: fun. We have nuance. We say shit. And then we're like, but I love everybody and I'm really sad. I want to hug every (laughs) single one of these people. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you again. Uh, Where should people find you and
1: talk to you about this fucking show? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I would say mostly TikTok at uh, my TikTok is The Bachelor is Polly, um, so obviously this is something that uh, I think about a little too much. Um, I am also on Instagram at Olivia's A Screen, but the Instagram that is uh, more active is private. So. Uh, and I like it that way, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. That's how that's how it should be. No. <laughs> Go follow
0: Olivia. Uh, the Bachelor is Polly. You're right. I can't believe I forgot that's what your username is. It's so oh my good. God. Yes. It's true. It's true. And um good luck on your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I <laughs> I am
1: going to get gay married and I this show makes me so grateful for my relationship it really does yeah oh yeah 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 Uh, for my my gay poly marriage we got this where we we got it covered we're doing great
0: (laughs) (laughs) cheers to you both okay y'all thank you so much for being here again and following along on this journey through the queer ultimatum if you are new to date card pod i hope you're having a good time Make sure you're following us on Instagram at DateCardPod and Date Card Podcast on Twitter. I do tweet sometimes. And on TikTok at DateCardPod. We will be covering The Bachelorette happening next month. And Bachelor in Paradise. And The Senior Bachelor when it eventually arrives, I believe, in the fall. God willing. No one dies from COVID. Um, Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But they've been trying to have this show for fucking six years. And I just truly... I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah, with that, y'all love you, drink some water, masturbate, and I will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Datecard Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Datecard Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a smile and at drunk feminist. card pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at Androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at JettyBoyJames. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at michaelajane.com and on Instagram at Michaela Jane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye. Bye!